Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Where is your identity? Where is my identity found? Often it's found in other people's opinions. And it's those opinions that keep us from living this great life that God would have for us because that great life is going to involve us doing some things that are a little uncomfortable, a little upside down according to the world. But that's okay if our identity is found in, in our Heavenly Father and not in things of, of in this world, things of this world and other people's opinions of us. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Perhaps there has not been another time like now in which Christians need direction. We are confused and wondering if we can find the way God has for us. We are confused about our careers, our marriages, our kids, and even our friendships. In this sermon series, we are going to look at four distinctive characteristics that Christians need to have present in their lives in order to walk the path that God has for them. We hope that in this series, you will find clarity, peace, and most importantly, direction. Please enjoy the message. He's the most important person in that room. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. What is he going to do? Is he getting a shower? What the heck is going on here? What is happening? And after that, he poured a water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Because they're having a discussion about who is going to be the highest in God's kingdom. And Jesus quietly took the lowest position that was in this room. They're having a discussion about success and Jesus comes before them and takes a position of service. In this culture, as people would travel about, the roads weren't paved. There was no asphalt. There certainly wasn't concrete. (laughs) It was just dirt. The feet were grimy. They were filthy. Who knows what people would have to walk through. And they were often in sandals. And so they would would come into homes. And just like you and I, they would would not people's homes. People that owned the homes would not want them dragging all that filth through their home. So you had to take the sandal off at the door. And then there was a low, 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 lowly servant who would then wash their feet. It was the most menial of tasks by the most menial of servants. And Jesus, and that's exactly what position Jesus took because there was a need that was there. There was a need that had to be met. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, I'm just going to present to you just two simple ideas. Two simple ideas. Because I don't, I don't think God is overly complex. We make him complex. We make his will complex, but I don't think it's that complex. It's simple. Number one is meet a need. Just meet a need. I, I mean, it's a simple business concept. Some of you own businesses. You do good business for people. People will come to me at times with business ideas, and, and I, I love that. I love that people, especially godly Christian people, want to want to get into the uh, marketplace and, and start a business. But whenever somebody's telling me an idea, I always listen for one thing. I'm listening, what need are you meeting? Because if you're not meeting a need, you're going to have a hard time having a very, having a, having a very successful business. It's, it's, just, it's just a challenging thing to do if you're not meeting a need. What need 
Are you meeting for God's kingdom? If you want to be great in the eyes of God, what need are you meeting in his, in his kingdom? Now, I don't know how you feel about some of the recent uh, political outcomes. We don't have to get too far into that. But I've talked to some of you, and some of you are a little concerned about some of those, about how some of that's turned out, especially here in the state of Colorado. I, I don't know exactly how all of you feel about, you know, some of the things that are happening, maybe even in some of our schools. I do know that many of you are administrators and you're teachers, and you even work at a state level, and you are doing an amazing job in those spaces. But even you have some concern about what's going on, the direction of things. It seems like we're a bit distracted in some of those spaces. And, he, and here's, the, here's where I'm going with this. The reason that Christians have concerns about those areas, and maybe even some others, is because we don't have influence in those spaces anymore. Politically speaking, I mean, it's, you know, if you're not a Democrat, you're, there just isn't much influence out there. It's just not there anymore. In the schools, you know, many of you are doing a great job. You're holding on. You're really influencing as best you can. But there's a tidal wave kind of coming up against you, and you're starting to feel that, and it's concerning. I mean, we ought to be concerned. And I talk to many of you, and I, I have these thoughts myself, and we lose sleep over what's going on, what's going to be the future for our kids and for our teens. What am I, what am I going for here? What am I getting at? You have a place where you have as much godly influence as you want to have. And there is a need. And that place is right here. Because we have children and we have teens in this church who need, who need, who need godly people like you. to just serve a little and come alongside them and teach them what it means to, to, to love God and to help them experience the love that God has for them through you. Again, legislation, political offices, it's a, it can be a bit concerning and scary. In some of the school districts, it's a little bit concerning, no doubt. And, there, and it's hard to break in and have influence in there. And, and we will spend hours on social media complaining about this stuff. We will lose hours of sleep wondering what in the world is that teacher doing? What, or, or maybe even worse, what in the world are my kids' friends showing my child, offering my child, not only just in a phone, but maybe even with drugs? I mean, that stuff is everywhere. What? And we're losing sleep over that. And in the midst of all of this, we're so focused on what we don't have that we forget you have a space right here where you can come alongside your child in some cases or your grandchild or even other people's children and grandchildren that you care about, that it is here for you. It is, it's, it's available to you. You have a choice to come alongside them and to serve them and to be great and to really influence that child's life. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. And these that we got people in our, these rooms right now in our church doing that. Just pouring into those kids. Loving on them in every way, shape, and form they can. And we got teens that need that on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. And they need people to text them and encourage them and, and tell them to be faithful in their space. They need that. They need people showing up to games and activities and plays. Greatness is at your fingertips, our fingertips. But often we get so focused on what we don't have that we forget like you've got hundreds of kids here that can be blessed by you. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we are giving you these opportunities last Sunday, this Sunday, really any Sunday you want, truthfully, to, to sign up and to come alongside. And as Juan eloquently put it last week, not to volunteer, but to truly serve and to be a blessing. You have that influence on the next generation. And, and like, it's a pretty simple process to get in there and to influence. And so, if you want to be great, meet a need. Just meet a need that's out there. The text then goes on as Jesus goes around, as he's washing feet, as he's washing people's feet. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet too? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will, you will understand. You know, whenever you serve people, um, it, it, they don't always appreciate what you're going to do for them. Jesus acknowledges that right here. He's like, you don't realize now what I'm doing. I had a, I had a gentleman emailed me some time ago, and, and um, he was frustrated because he had paid someone's utility bill. Uh, but the person wasn't really uh, re, re, recuperating, re, reciprocating any kind of appreciation for that. And, and he had done it. My friend had done it. Truth be told, he wanted him to plug into the church, and this gentleman, they, they hadn't come to the church. And, um, and he was just discouraged by that. And I, and I wrote him an email, and I pointed him to a scripture in Galatians that says, you know, don't give up on, on doing good, the know that good that you know that you need to do, because in due time you'll reap a harvest. And I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. But, but there's a lot of good that you are called to do, I'm called to do, that people just won't appreciate. Maybe it's paying a bill. Maybe it'll be raking some leaves, shoveling some snow, holding a door. We need that out here. In this state, in this community, we need people that are willing to say hi. 
smile, acknowledge somebody, open a door. Again, those are simple things. We spent a little bit of time last weekend um, in Kentucky where we have a lot of family. And, and it's the Bible Belt. It's a little different uh, place. And, but my wife and I, it always catches us off guard when we go back because the people there are just, they're just super pleasant and nice. And they have lots of issues. Trust me, they got a lot of issues too. But, but they just are inclined to hold the doors and to say hi and ask how you're doing and to give you eye contact and to be a positive presence in the spaces that they're in. And, and, and I know that Colorado was like that and I think it still can be like that, but, but it has to come from people like you and me. And people won't appreciate it and because they don't appreciate it, and here's my point, we get discouraged. But Jesus doesn't get discouraged here. He says, I, you don't understand it, but later you're gonna understand what I'm doing. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. He's proud, because people are proud. They don't like receiving help. Even though they need it, they don't like it. And Jesus is like, well, if you don't let me wash you, then I'm not going to have any part of you. You aren't going to have any part of me. Then Lord Peter realizes what's at stake here. Not just my feet, my hands, my head, my everything. Wash my entire body. And so Peter, Peter is somebody who is proud he is ungrateful, but he needs to be cared for. And that's the second thing. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, it's simple. It's just care for others. Meet a need, care for others. But it can be hard, especially if you've got a business. It's hard to care for others when, you, right, when you're caring about profits. But it can be done. Um, in Atlanta, I heard about a man in Atlanta. He owned several warehouses. And one of the, he's a Christian man, good, good, known. Like it's one of those things, kind of a badge of honor. He wore it on his sleeve. I'm a Christian man, running a Christian business, doing things the right way. And he had another gentleman who was leasing from him. who was also a Christian man, but, but his business had come on hard times. And I actually got to the point where he couldn't pay his lease. So he calls this man, and he says, hey, I'm, I know I'm behind about two months on my rent, and I'm really sorry, um, but I can't, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this next month's rent. And, and the, the other gentleman who owned the warehouse said, well, okay, what do you, are you sure you can't do anything? And he said, no. He, and, then, and then this is where the gentleman who was leasing from him said, he said, Christian brother, Christian brother, <laughs> Christian brother, I just need a little bit more time. And then the guy said, the gentleman that owned the warehouse, he said, okay. He said, I'll tell you what, if you don't pay me, I'm going to evict you. So you have a choice. It's either pay or you're going to have to go. Now, that's pretty harsh. He's running a business. And actually on the surface, it sounds like he could care less about this guy. Man, unfortunately, the man's business didn't recover and, and he had to be kicked out of that warehouse space. But here's the backside of that. The backside of that is this, is that that man that kicked him out then came alongside him and paid his mortgage and his utilities and his other expenses for the next six months. Because he said, I gotta run a business and I'm gonna run my business. But I'm also gonna be charitable and care for this man because I do care for him. 
And that man was able to get, his, get himself back up on his feet, turn a corner, and get heading in the right direction. It's like some people in our church, they own a, a few rental properties, and they, uh, I was just heard about this recently, and they, were, they have a, a gentleman that's in one of those properties that had a loved one pass away and is going to have to move. Unfortunately, it was a long lease that this person was locked up in. And you know, if you rent, you know how that goes. They're generally 12-month leases, and they're hard to break because the person that owns the house doesn't want to deal with it. But instead of being hardcore about profits, they said, well, we're going to care for you because we do care about you. And they put him on a 60-day rolling lease so that way, whenever the opportunity comes for him to move away because this sibling of his passed away, he'd be able to. It's about caring for people more than you care for, more than you care about profits. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And you find that in your spaces, wherever you're at. It's employees. Whenever I talk to people that do evaluations, and even my own, our own staff, and even whenever I move into a staff evaluation, if I, when I've made my greatest mistakes with people, whenever I have been the worst at leadership, it's because I've gone into those meetings frustrated. That is the worst place to evaluate somebody. But I also learned in the midst of that that the best place to evaluate is to always move into a conversation or some kind of issue with the spirit of how can I care for you? Because I care about you and I want you to do better and I want you to strive and I want you to thrive in this life. How do I care about you? And so Jesus comes alongside Peter and in this particular passage, he says, I'm, I care about you, Peter, and I know you don't understand what I'm doing. I know you don't appreciate it, but, but I'm going to wash your feet anyway. And Peter, it begins to sink in there. In verse 12, we continue on. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. He says, you don't understand what I've done. He said, I've served you. You were having an argument about who's going to be the greatest. And I showed you where greatness is going to be found. Verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, you call me great. And rightly so, for that is exactly what I am. I am great. And now that I, your Lord, your teacher, your master, have washed your feet, you should go wash one another's feet. I have set you an example. An example of what, Jesus? An example of greatness. An example of service. That you should do as I have done for you. The world's going to give you many definitions of greatness. And you will have leaders and mentors who will give you definitions of greatness. 
But Jesus is simply saying, if you really, really, really want to be great, then you need to follow him and listen to him. You should do as I have done, he said. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. He's saying, look, if you want to be, you aren't going to be, you cannot be greater than me. And if you want to be great, then you have to be a servant. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed. He says, you'll be blessed if you do them. Because my standard of greatness is not about success. It's about service. Martin Luther King said this, Jesus gave us a new norm for greatness. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And that is the new definition. And then Jesus said again in Mark chapter 10, for whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. It's not like he didn't talk about this. He did. He wants you to be greatness. Great. He wants you to experience greatness. He said, so if you want to be that, then you have to be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Give his life as a ransom. Why? Because your interests are more important than my interests. He says, you are more important than me. In Philippians chapter 2, he tells us all, do nothing. Paul writes here of Christ's example. To do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Your interest should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, nothing taking the very nature of a servant, of a servant. And so again, where does that start? It starts right here. It doesn't start in those spaces that you can't get into or that you've lost influence in. It starts right here, and it's a ripple that goes out. And again, that's why we're giving you these opportunities to come alongside the kids and come alongside other people and the teens and the adults and whoever else, whatever opportunity you want to take advantage of, to serve here, to have a spirit of greatness. After World War II, there was a European village had a very large statue there of Jesus. Uh, it, it had been something that they were rather proud of. Um, but then after the war, unfortunately, as they were coming back into their city and beginning to resettle, they, they saw that, unfortunately, through the war, that the statue had been, a bomb had gone off near, near it and it had shattered the statue. And so this town, they all came together, several of them anyway, and they, they began to rebuild the statue of Jesus and they built it back up. But in the course of building the statue, they found that the hands, the hands were completely lost. They couldn't be reassembled. And they wondered if they should keep the statue up or not. And someone there very wisely said, we don't need the hands because we are now, we are now the hands of Jesus. And that is what every single one of us in this room is. We are the hands, we are the feet of Jesus. And that requires movement, that requires us to be open to what is happening around us in God's kingdom. And as we see these needs, as we see these opportunities that care for others, you're going to tap into a level of greatness that you couldn't even imagine, I can't even imagine. I'll leave you with this quote from the former NFL coach, Tony Dungy. He says, society tends to define success in terms of accomplishments and awards, material possessions, profit margins. 
In the football business, winning is the only thing that matters. But God's word presents a different definition of success. It's one centered on a relationship with Jesus Christ and love for God that allows us to love and serve others. God give each one of us, God has given each one of us unique gifts, abilities, and passions. How well we use those qualities to have an impact on the world around us determines how successful we really are. And so I want to commission you and encourage you to go and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's have a word of prayer. Our team's going to lead us in worship for another song. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are We're grateful for the love that you've shown us in Jesus. Father, in spite of whatever issues we may be sorting out or sorting through, help us to find our identity in you. And dear Lord, we are grateful for how you've served us. In the same way that you washed the feet of, of those disciples so many years ago, you've washed us clean of our sins. And so Lord, with that love in mind, may we go forth truly be your hands and your feet. In your son's name we pray. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the Give tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.